you, Lord God. Who can say thank you to God because he is good? It's not enough. Who is thankful to God? That's 20 people. Who's thankful? I'm thankful. Where I'm from, you guys can come down, but I don't know if you guys stay. I don't know. You guys, you guys can come down if you guys like. Thank you guys very much. Blessings, brothers and sisters. I hope everybody is well and blessed. Perfect. Okay. Sorry, I had to connect. Why don't we, um, why don't we start by, why don't you say hi to the person next to you. If you don't know them, that's good. Know their name, ask for their name. They're like, hey, how are you? God bless you. What's your name? And if you have your bag on a, on a chair or your sweater, do me a favor, pick it up and put it on your laps because there's a lot of people that don't have a seat. So we can have enough seats for everybody. And um, does everybody know their neighbor's name? Yes? Are you sure? Good. Okay. Why don't you help me pray? So it's the word of God that comes down. And not the word of man, not the thoughts of man, but the word that comes from heaven. Amen. Close your eyes where you are. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we come together. Lord, asking you, Lord, humbly asking you, Father, that you may please, Lord, take control today, Lord, of the word. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to please let it be your word. Let it be your spirit, Lord. Let it be your bread that comes from heaven, Lord. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, Lord, to please take away any of my own thoughts, my heart, Lord, my words. But let it be your words. Let it be you speaking to your youth, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to please prepare our minds, prepare our hearts, Lord. Open them, Father. I ask you, Lord, that anybody that came here with a hard heart, Lord, I ask you to please to give them a heart of flesh, Lord, so they may receive your word and they may be a blessing to their life, Lord. Because this is not about the man that is here, but this is about you, Lord. You, Jesus, you are the main point, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to please let us receive your word. And I ask you, Lord, to please, Lord, let it be you that is speaking to your youth. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen and amen. Guys, this week, um, I, I've been, um, I don't want to say I'm anymore, but uh, let's, let's try it. This week I've been reading a lot about uh, Acts. And as you guys know, Acts is a very important book of the Bible because it is the um, culmination of the Spirit. You know, it's the, it's the culmination of Jesus leaving the Holy Spirit and not only leaving it, but activating it within his church. And as you guys know in Acts 2, it's the Pentecost. And you guys all know that everybody gets filled with the Holy Spirit. And what I love about Acts is that there's so much in it. There's so much, how can I say this, secrets. There's so many things that we see and we read and we read or we hear and we hear. And we don't understand what God wants to talk to us about. And in, in Acts Chapter 1, if you guys can, uh, you guys bring a Bible? If you guys didn't, look, I have something. Oh, look, they have, yeah. If you guys didn't, I have it for you guys here. Acts one twenty four. 
And look, look, look what this says. This is, so you guys can have a little bit of context. You know, the, Jesus is leaving. Jesus is going up to heaven. And Judas just died. He hanged himself. And they need to appoint a new apostle. And that's not what I'm talking to you today. But what I love is their prayer before they choose something. Listen to what they said. They said, Acts 1.24, And they prayed and said, You Lord, who knows the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen. And despite the fact that, you know, everything in the Bible is beautiful. I want you guys to know that this verse itself caught my eye. Because this word, this this, this time, this prayer that the apostles were preaching, this phrase that I put you guys here in yellow, he who knows, Lord who knows the heart, it took me and it reminded me of when I was young. I'm still young, but, you know, I'm getting up there. I don't feel as, you know, peppy. I don't feel like as, you know, ready to go. It's hard to wake up in the mornings. But what I felt was that the Lord God, the one that your parents know, the ones that you know, you felt he is the one who knows all the hearts. And this word is so beautiful because I've, I've never heard it. This word in, in Greek is this, cardiognosis. And the reason why I put it like this is because they use this word in Greek so they can describe who God is. And what I like about it is that this, this word is, is, a, is a mashing together of two words, which is cardio, which he has no cardio, is your heart, and gnosis, which means knowledge. And this is beautiful because it reminded me, it, it, it took me back to, to how I used to feel. Look. Here, here's a little bit more uh, um, explained. I know, I know this seems a little bit tough, but I want you guys to understand who he is. He is the knower of your heart. He is the one that when you feel alone, he knows what you feel. When you feel like nobody's with you, he's there with you. When you feel like, you know, oh my God, how can God be with me if I'm sinning, if I'm doing bad things? How can God be with me if I'm so far away from church? Well, let me tell you. God knows your heart. I want you guys to understand that because as a young man, as a, you know, 15, 16, 17-year-old guy, my brothers were too old. My father and my mother, you would be, you know, traveling up and down. And I would say, God, who is with me? Who can understand my thoughts? Who can understand what I want to be? At that point, I wanted to be an FBI agent. <laughs> I turned out to work in Uber. What a letdown, huh? In those moments, I thought nobody understands me. That's, that's the original one, right? Hey, uh, you know, uh, can you do this? It's because nobody understands me. Hey, why do you behave like this? Because nobody understands me. And you might be right. Nobody understands you in this world. But there is one that knows your heart even before you know your heart. I'll tell you, there's a Bible, there's a verse in the Bible that says that who knows the heart which is ill, it is evil and desperately ill. In Jeremiah, if I'm not wrong. 
And it says, the Lord, your Lord knows your heart. Meaning that whatever you feel today, whatever you felt this week, whatever you, I don't know, whatever you feel, that you feel like you're alone, you feel like there's nobody with you, you feel like God doesn't know me. God, how can God know me if he's so big? Well, let me tell you something. He knows you. And not only does he know you, but he knows your heart. And that is the important part. For example, as we know, Samuel chose David not by his looks, but by his heart. And it's important to know that God here is not looking, he is looking about what you're doing, but he's looking at your heart, your intentions, your thoughts. But look, let's continue, because if not, I'm going to stay here forever. Let's continue. Look, I, I wanted to show you guys this so, so we, can, we can continue. Look, look what God sees. 1 Kings 8.37, look. It says, when disaster strikes, famine or catastrophe, crop failure or disease, locust or beetle, or when an enemy attacks their defense, calamity of any sort, any prayer that's prayed from anyone at all among your people of Israel, hearts penetrated by the disaster. Listen to what penetrates the heart disasters. Look right now, if you guys turn around and you guys look into the world, it's a disaster outside. The dollar, supposedly they're saying that we're going to be, you know, into a great depression. Everybody out there, if you're not, you know, trans, gay, or thinking that you're a woman, you're, when you're not, you're in the wrong. It's a disaster. It's confusing out there. Listen, what, listen, what, uh, what, what, uh, what is it called? What penetrates the heart? Disasters. Hands and arms thrown out into the temple for help. That's when we need God. When we're in disaster, when the calamity hits, that's when we want to come to church. Let me tell you something before we continue. You know when it was the highest peak of church attending ever in the United States? You guys know? Are you guys here with me or no? The day after 9-11. you believe that? Some of you guys were born... You guys don't even know what 9-11 is. But let me tell you, 9-11, I was, I was a little kid. And I remember like the world stopped for me for a second. I was like, what's going on? We didn't go to school. I, we, I ended up going to school. My mom sent me to school. And we, you know, we, we, just, we all kind of just, you know, stayed quiet. But imagine the highest attending of church after 9-11. And then they said that as the days went by, less and less, and less, and less, and less, and less, and less, until it comes to be back to normal. Why is it that our heart only comes to God when we're in the middle of a disaster? Why is it that us as young people cannot understand that God wants us in the good and in the bad? And listen to what happens. It says, listen from your home in heaven. Forgive and go to work on us. Listen, he's not telling us, oh, forgive us and that's it. <clears throat> sorry, my voice cracked a little bit there. I'm so sorry. Forgive and go to work on us. Meaning it's not just forgive, but fix. I want you guys to understand that, that God here is not to be like, uh, can you, you know, you have to do this. Oh, I don't want to. Oh, okay, it's okay. Whatever your heart feels comfortable with. No, he's telling you do this. For example, Go to church. 
es que I gotta work and you know I gotta have my soccer team and you know I gotta go to play basketball because my homies are waiting for me and you know I gotta make sure I put my makeup. If I don't have enough, enough time to put makeup, I'm not gonna go to church. Forgive and go to work on us. What is, what is going to work on you? Give what each deserves. Listen, for you know each life from the inside. You're the only one with such inside knowledge. That's why I named this life the inside knowledge that God has about me and you. You know, you can't hide anything from God. That's why he gives you according to what you've done. And sometimes he's merciful. Sometimes, well, he's always merciful. But sometimes bad things happen to us. And we wonder why, why am I in this, you know, why am I, am I, why am I in this predicament? It's because God doesn't love me. No, no, no. He loves you. You got yourself in there. Don't wait till the disaster strikes, till catastrophe strikes to come back to God and be like, God, I need you. God. God. He has the inside knowledge. Or sometimes we can be the opposite. We can be those people, those youth that serve every single Sunday, Friday, uh, Saturday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They live in church. Then they come out and then Sunday comes and they can't wait to come Monday because they want to go to church. and everything. But in your heart, you can't wait. You can't wait to get out of church. Or in your heart, you're just in neutral. No, autopilot. You're just waiting. You're just playing and be like, oh, you know, how long do you think that Mano Walter is going to take today? Hopefully it's just 30 minutes because today I'm tired. I don't want to play whatever instrument. Do you think that you can hide your feelings, your thoughts from God? God knows he's the only one that has this inside knowledge to give us. No, not to give us, to know. And that's why he gives according to everybody. And I'm telling you here, brother and sister, I tell you guys today, do not come back too late. Do not want to come and say, God, I want to go to the temple. Because let me tell you, when something bad happens in the world, you'll see the churches just... Everybody's going to go. That's not how it is. God sees your heart. Listen, look, look at this. Look, look, look at this uh, Psalms. This is Psalms David. David speaks to God. Psalms 139.1. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I am an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking You know when I leave, when I get back, I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start my first sentence. Look at the power. The power. And look at the love that God has to you. He calls you so important that he knows you to, to your roots. There's another version that says, you know me when I get up and when I sit down. Imagine that. Why is it important? You know, I, I was reading this verse, and uh, 
I was, I was studying for a while, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to get a snack. And I got up, and I'm like, dude, God just recorded this, that I am getting up. And I ate, and, you know, I sat down in front of my TV, and I'm like, God counted that I'm sitting down once more. Imagine how important you are to God that he knows when you get up, when you get back. You know, you know, you know, you know what's funny? I'm not saying it's bad, but this is, I think it's funny. I think it's funny that, that you know, there's a lot of people, not, not, in, not in any church, but I'm saying somewhere far, that they come like, oh, listen, hermano, you know, I need, I need prayer because I'm going to go on a trip. And I go, amen, let's, let, me, let me pray for you. But the prayer is always good. But the Bible itself tells you that he knows where you are at all times. What you should be doing is reading Psalms 39.1 and saying, God, you know when I leave, you know when I come back. That's why when you tell me, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do something behind my mom's back, my dad's back. It's okay. You can fool your mom and dad, but you can't fool God. You can fool the pastor. You can fool anybody. But God already knows. He, he already knows before you even planned it. He, he saw your intentions. This is, this is what I call the wonderful knowledge of this inside knowledge. That he tells, you know, Saul, David tells God, God, look, look, God. Come, inspect me. Look in my heart and get all the facts firsthand. I honestly like that part. He's telling, don't let anybody tell you what I'm doing. Come and check me out. Like if God needed to come and see, he already knows. Like if God came, oh, let me, oh, I forgot about my son, Danny. Like, where is he? Oh, he's, oh, he was born in Guatemala. He went to Mexico. Oh, not, oh, yeah, I forgot. He went to the United States now. He knows exactly where everybody is. He knows your heart. He knows what you do. And what I love about this is that he knows what you're going to say before you even say it. Now just, just think about that. You guys always say good things? No, don't answer that. How do you guys speak at, at school? How do you guys speak at work? How do you speak when nobody knows that you're Christian? Would you want your mom, your dad to know that? Now imagine God knowing what you're going to say. God knows. And that's why I tell you guys today, because God knows, that means that you're not alone. Because God knows, he always is with you. Amen? You guys are quiet today. That's okay. I can talk, so don't worry about it. And it continues to, it continues to say, you know everything I'm going to say before I start, I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. Listen to how beautiful God is. Danny is because nobody is with me. Incorrect. Psalms 139. He is with you. When you're far away, he's with you. When you're looking into your future, guess what? He's right there. Looking at you, be like, yeah, I'm right here too. What does that do? That should reassure us. 
that his presence is coming and going. He's everywhere at all times. And he says, this is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there a place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? My question to you today, do you think you can hide away from God? Danny is because, you know, my mom, my dad, my pastor made me come today. But I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here, Danny. I'm just literally doing this because, you know, they told me to do this. And after this, I'm not, I'm not going to go back to church. I'm going to tell the pastor I'm leaving. Do you really think just because you leave church, you're out of God's sight? Oh, Danny, it's because, you know, my mom, my dad are working. No, there's nobody at home. Nobody listens to me. Do you really think that you're out of God's sight? If you take God out of your future, he's still there. That's why it's important for you guys to understand that even the past that we're ashamed of, God is still there. That's why when Moses... Is with the burning bush. Listen to listen to this because this is this has edified me a lot. It says that it says Moses, Moses, take off your sandals. He gets there. He says, "Who are you?" He says, "I am." Right? He says, "I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Israel." No, no. He said, "Jacob." Jacob was his name was changed by an angel, which we all know that is God. But he didn't say. The God of Israel, he said the God of Jacob, the liar, the one that stole. Meaning God sees that he is in your future and in your past. And let me tell you, he's not ashamed of it. You know why? Because he is. He knows. He is. He knows. He knows everything. If we turned to idolatry, would he not know? If we turned our back to him, would he not know? God knows everything. And that's why I want to go on to this verse. First Chronicles 28.9. This is David speaking to Solomon. David's ending his reign, and he's speaking to Solomon. Listen to what he says. He says, and you, Solomon, my son, know that God of your father. Listen, listen to what it says. God already knows you, but now you have to get to know the God of your father. Today I tell you, yes, your people, your fathers, your mother know who God is. Do you know who God is? He sure knows you. And serve him with a whole heart and with willing mind. Listen, for the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Listen to what God is looking for. And it says, uh, uh, verse 10, be careful now. For the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Does, it, does, it, does David tell Solomon, Solomon, come half-hearted and serve the Lord. 
Come halfway and see what God thinks. He says, no, do it wholeheartedly. Why? Listen, listen to David's, David's wisdom. Why do you think he told his son, serve him wholeheartedly? David was the one that had his heart after God's own heart. Meaning he was looking how to please God at all times. And he tells his son Solomon, uh, Solomon, he says, listen, the trick is for you to serve God with a whole heart. Why? But why a whole heart? Why can't I do it half here and have my work and then, you know, have here and, and have there? Because he searches all hearts. So that means that God can't search and look that we're serving him halfway or knowing him halfway. We have to go fully, fully into him. Why? Why? This is, this is what I love, God, because even though we are nothing but dust, he, he comes to our level. And listen to what it says. He says he searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. God, I, I want to be an architect. God, I want to go to USC. I want to go to UCLA for free. And then I want to become the top, you know, architect in the whole entire world. That's a, good, that's a good plan and a good thought. Do you think God doesn't understand you? I made it big. But I'll bring it to you. Do you think God does not understand your plans and your thoughts? Do you think that you're dreaming, daydreaming all day long, be like, oh, man. What does somebody, you know, your age, you guys' this age dream about or plan about? Oh, with that girl, I'm going to get married. Or how cute is this so-and-so? Or that girl, oh, she's looking good today. One day, one day I'm going to go and I'm going to tell her, hey, uh, I think you're a pretty girl. Hey, uh, one day I'm going to go talk to the guy and he's going to come talk to me. Your plans, do you think God does not understand it? Do you think God doesn't understand your thoughts that you have? God knows. And that's why it's wonderful knowledge because he is willing. He is willing to understand. He is willing to tell you today that he knows your hearts. He knows your plans. And even of them, some plans don't include them, but he understands them. Some plans that you have, maybe forget about church. But he's there. In your future. In your past. In your plans. And in your thoughts. Who can hide from him? Our only job spiritually is to get to know God and serve him wholeheartedly. Hermano, it's because you know what? Because I'm young, they tell me to pick up trash. Well, pick it up with all your heart. Danny, it's because you know, since I'm a little girl, they tell me to clean. It's okay, you're not cleaning. For a man, you're cleaning for God. That is because I'm a little kid or I'm young. They don't think I'm serious. It's okay. God knows you're serious. God knows. He is the one that knows. He is the one we should be wanting to please. Not a man. Not your leaders. God. The one who understands, the one who knows. 
Now look at this verse. This is the one I was talking to you guys in the beginning. First Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance for a, or at the height of his stature. Because I have rejected him. Who's he talking about? Who did God reject before David? So Samuel chose Saul because he was good looking and he was tall. For the Lord sees not as a man sees. For a man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And yesterday I was telling, I was telling our church because I was preaching and I was preaching about the prophet king, which is David. And I was telling them how God sees the mistake that Samuel made by choosing somebody that was tall and that was good looking. And then comes down and says, now I need another king. And he goes, okay, let me choose him for you. And when he's choosing, he goes, no, 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 no. We're not going to choose him your way. We're going to choose him my way. What, what way is that? We're not going to care too much about his outer appearance. What we want him to be is a king and a minister of God. That's who you are. That's why you have to be. God knows you. God sees you from the inside out. That is because I don't have nice clothes. God's not mad about that. I don't own a, a suit. I don't own a three-piece suit. doesn't matter. You know how I used to go dress in church? This is embarrassing to say. You guys want to know or no? I don't even know how my dad let me do this, but I'll let you guys know. Fridays. Cargo shorts, flip-flops. And I, I, didn't, I didn't see it back then, but I feel like, why is everybody staring at me? Why is everybody looking at me? Imagine me. And can I tell you something? God didn't cast me away. God didn't say, oh, you're wearing shorts and, and fit about Oh, God. You know my hair? I used to have it up to here. You know, there was a time in my life. I hope my dad's not listening to this because he doesn't know this one. There was a time in my life that I decided to pierce my ear. And I would, listen, I didn't have, I didn't have a, what's it called? Like a, a humongous social life. So I can be like out at parties and that. At church. And with my hair, since I had my long hair, it would cover it. So imagine, I had it pierced and went through all that pain for nothing. So nobody can see it. <laughs> and then I see God. And then when I'm in his presence, I look at it, I, I think back and I'm like, God, how can you, how can you choose me? How can you choose me over everybody? How can you choose me over? There's people that have been going to church for so long with suits and always there, but yet you look at me. He looks at you. Danny, it's because you don't know my past. It doesn't matter. He's not ashamed of it. You are the one that's ashamed of it. Embrace it. You have a past now. Go, hold on, hold on. Don't go around and saying it. Oh, you know, back in my days, I relax. Keep that to yourself. And don't be ashamed of your past. That's it. If God knows it, whose is it? Listen. Shame is like carrying a cross. And somebody already carried it for you. And you're picking it up every single morning. And oh, my God. Like I, what I, God already carried it for you. Let it go. 
He knows your heart. He sees your heart. Brother and sister, I want to tell you guys today that I shouldn't be up here. Easy, simply telling you I shouldn't be here. Why does God have me here? I ask myself every single day. I don't know why. But then that's the grace of God, right? He's beautiful. He knows the heart. I don't know what he sees in me. What do you think he sees in you? He knows you from the inside out. What's going on? Because I don't want to take too long anymore. Psalms 44.20. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would he not discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Who has a heart here? Only, only a few guys. Once again, biologically, who has a heart? If you're breathing and living, you have a heart. Do you think, do you, I want you guys to just, just be honest with yourself for once. Do you guys really believe that you guys can hide anything from God? Listen to what it says. If we lift our hands to a foreign God, do you think God wouldn't know? Do you think we'd be like, oh, what is Danny doing today? God knows. And let me tell you guys. We lift our hands to foreign gods a lot more than you think. A lot more. You know what I tell the people in church? What's, what's the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Don't, don't answer because I already know the answer. TikTok. Your morning dose of TikTok. You're bored? You don't have nothing to do, just, just scrolling. You text. You know, on Sunday, I don't know if it happens to me, but on Sundays it tells me what was my average screen time. And sometimes I'm just like, wow. That was a lot, of t a lot of time. Five hours, four hours, a day. I don't even know where that time goes. Do you think God doesn't know this about our hearts? You think you're hiding something? Oh, God doesn't see my phone. He sees in your phone. Snapchat might forget, but God doesn't. Do you really believe that God doesn't know the secrets of your heart? When you're alone, when you're alone, nobody's home, and you're planning, you have secrets that you don't want anybody to know. And maybe nobody else knows. Do you believe that God does not know those secrets? Don't be foolish now because that's not, that's not right. God knows everything you hide in your heart. He knows it. For him, it's like an open book. Oh, what's this? Not just you, everybody. It is foolish to think that we can go through this life, through this world, planning and hiding things and thinking, oh, God wouldn't know this. Or maybe we do and we still do it. You and I hide nothing from God because He is. He knows. He created you.
Look at this Proverbs. I showed it to my sister in the morning. Listen, it says, Proverbs 15, 11. It says, Sheol, the netherworld, the place of the dead. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the AMP version if you guys want to read it with me. The Abaddon, the abyss, the place of eternal punishment, lie open before the Lord. How much more the hearts and inner motives of the children of men. There's other version that says, evil cannot hide anything from God. How much more does he know the heart of a man? You know, and now it brings me to the, to the story of, of Job. As you guys know, Job comes and tells, and tells God, God, have you seen your, your, your guy Job? Not Job, it's Job. Sorry, sorry Job, wherever you are, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I'm sorry. Have you seen your, your guy? Have you seen your friend Job? He's like, yeah, he's a good man. He's a righteous man. Let me tempt him. The devil asking permission for God. Imagine that. Now, you already know what happens to Job and everything, but imagine even evil have to, you know, open up the plants. And you know, I don't know if you guys knew, but we're, we, we got a new church over there in L.A. And we're fixing it. And we're, you know, building stuff. And we have a lot of, like, uh, blueprints, right? There's blueprints laying around. Glory to God. Give a good applause to God because he's good. And he's awesome. And, and I wanted to tell you guys that, that the, place, the place is so big. Like, literally, there's people, like, that get lost. And I don't know where I'm in Hermana. Hermana, where's the kitchen? I don't know where I'm at. I'm like, here, Hermana, come. And, and, and I was looking at that, and I see the plants, and I had to study the plants. I have to see where the fire site is. I have to see where the exits, where I'm at, where they're going to be the temple, and everything. And, 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 I, and I, I look at this, and I say, this is exactly how God is. He has a blueprint of me and you and says, okay, he might be lost in his feelings, but I'm not. I know exactly how to go if you would only listen to me, if you would only search for me. If you would only get close to me, I can tell you the way of your heart. And then there's parts in the same blueprints that I look at it and there's like letters and numbers, which I don't know what's going on half the time. And then there's another guy, some hermano, that he's a contractor and he goes, look, these numbers tell you how big is the room, how far is the toilet, how far. So I'm like, okay, guide me. Wouldn't we have to be doing that with God? Asking God to open the plans of our hearts and asking Him, God, how do I do this? Oh, oh look, there's four inches here. Be careful because if you don't, if you dig too deep, you're going to hit a pipe. And that pipe is broken. That's the way of our heart. He knows it all. He knows your motives. He knows your plans. Whenever you feel jealous, He knows it. Whenever you don't like anybody, but nothing comes out of your heart, he knows it. Sorry, I don't know why I went back. And listen, because he knows, because he knows the, the heart that you and I have, listen to this. Psalm 7, 9. Oh, let the wickedness of the wicked come to an end, but establish the righteous, those in right standing with you. Remember, I'm reading the AMP version, so you guys can uh, read all this. For the righteous, God tries the hearts and minds. 
Let me tell you something. God does not tempt. The devil is the one that tempts. But God tries. Danny, but why would God try my heart? Why would God come and try my heart? Because I'm such a good boy. I'm such a good girl. I've always wondered that. Why does God try? And let me tell you something. There's a verse in the Bible that, of course, I forgot to put because I was all over the place this morning. That says that through trial comes endurance. And through endurance makes all work perfect. God tries your heart not to hate you, not to put you in a bad spot, but to solidify you. You guys know what solidify means or no? To make you solid about what you feel. For example, sometimes you might be like, oh, you know, I'm very, I'm very humble heart. You know, I want to be humble, and God give me humble. Please, Lord, make me humble, Lord. I, and, you, you know, you're very humble. You're just like, hermano, can you do this? Amen, hermano, Dios le bendiga. And you just go, and you're very humble. And God sees this in you. He goes, oh, I like this guy. Here, let me give him a little bit of fame. Let's see what happens. And then you come, and hermano, aren't you that guy that I saw on YouTube? No, hermano, glory to be to God. Hermano, aren't you the one that got that video like for 7 million? Yeah, hermano, that's me, you know, glory to God. Hermano, aren't you the one that's in Guatemala preaching and everything? Yeah, hermano, you know, they pay for my flight and, you know, I don't even know what to say. Hermano, are you the one that's preaching all over the world? Yeah, man, that's me. Search me up, DP. <laughs> so your humbleness wasn't solid. Your heart wasn't solid. God tries to solidify you, to make sure, okay, let me see if it's true. For example, Job, once again, I go back to Job. He tries them. Let's see if you're faithful. Oh, you have faithfulness? I like this part. Show me if you're faithful despite the fact that I kill your kids, make you poor, make you sick, your wife leaves you, all your friends Talk bad about you. Funny thing about Job, you know who's the more, you know who the people that talk the most? His three friends. The rest, God speaks for like four or five uh, chapters. Job speaks like two chapters. And his friends take the rest of the 40 chapters. God tries. God gives you trial to give you endurance. It's like, Going to the gym every day so you can never show off your strength. Oh, you're built like this. You have all the muscle. And Mano, can you pick up a chair? I can't. I'm sorry. It's too heavy for me. Oh, and Mano, how many miles do you run? I run seven miles a day, Mano. Oh, good, Mano. Listen, can you run from here to... No, no, Mano, today I'm tired. Or a dog's chasing you and you get tired at, tired at mile one. Why'd you train so much? Endurance brings... Perfection brings the completeness, the sol what's solid to your life. And God knows this because he knows your heart, like I've been telling you for the last 30 minutes. And he does this. Listen, oh, I got it right here. James, one, two, consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you fall into various trials, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience 
Somebody broke your heart? Don't mope. Thank God. Somebody left you? Somebody did something to you? Somebody's talking bad about you? Don't be like, oh my God, I can't. No. Thank God. Produces, listen, testing of your faith through experience produces endurance, leading to a spiritual maturity and inner peace. But what's the first, what's the first thing we do if, if, if something happens to us? If there's a trial? Hermano, God bless you. I, I can't go to church today because uh, I'm feeling a little bit sick. No! In the contrary, get closer to God. God, what do you want me to learn? God, what do you want me to learn? God, God show it to me because I can't see it. Show me. Show me. I need to learn as fast as possible. So my endurance can go as, up as fast as possible. Look at another verse. Psalms 26.1. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. I have relied on you and trusted confidently in the Lord without wavering, and I shall not slip. Pause. But did he slip? One more time. But did he slip? One more time. Did David slip? Yes, he did. He slept with Bathsheba, which he shouldn't have. He sinned despite the fact that he was king and a minister. He sinned. But look what he says. I shall not slip. His endurance. He in his mind said, I don't want to slip. Examine me, O Lord, and try me. Test my heart and mind. You know how I imagine this? Like, you know, you know when you guys are cooking turkey? You guys put it in the oven for like seven hours. How do you know if it's dry? It's like you don't know. Then you just roll the dice and hope it's not. No, what do you do? What does your mom do? Right? You try it. You test it. Other people, more like Caucasian people, Grab a thermometer and do it like, you know, the right people, right? They put it in. Well, it's at a 95 degree, five more hours. You test it. You see if it's ready. Now, my question is this. Who wants to go with God? I want to go with the Lord. One more, one more time because that, that scared me a little bit. Who? Yeah. Who wants to go in the rapture with God? If you didn't raise your hand, talk to me afterwards. Okay, please. How, how will he know if you're ready if he doesn't test you, if he doesn't test your heart? Oh, no, trust me, I'm ready. Yes, but how? No, I'm ready. Everybody has people like that, right? Hey, are you ready to help me move? Yeah, bro, you let me know I'll be there die, day and night after, you know, three weeks. You know, we'll do it every single Oh, thanks, bro, I appreciate it. Two days later, hey, I, I'm tired. I can't go. Oh, so they didn't pass the test. I want to pass the test of the Lord. I want to pass this trial. And he knows you. He knows you so well. And I want to end with this. Psalms 139.11. And then I said to myself, Oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. Listen to this. 
Even when you're in darkness, even when you're far away from the Lord, he's with you. And I love this next verse. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. How does this make sense? But I'll explain to you right now. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. To God, there's no such thing as darkness. For us, darkness is the lack of light. But for God, since he is light, there's no such thing as darkness to him. Danny is because where I am, I'm too far in. I'm too far away. He's there. God can't see me in all the darkness that I am. No, he can. All you got to do is take his hand. All you got to do is trust him. And let me tell you something. We don't trust because people change. Right? When we say, hey, trust me, man. Trust me with your deepest, darkest secret. And you're like, oh, I don't know about that, man. That was, that's tough. You know? And we don't trust because people change. Today they can be your friend. And tomorrow they're not your friend anymore. And they speak all those things about you. Right? Which is fine. But God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And yet, we trust our friends more than we trust God. And yet, we're willing to say, oh, God can't do this. God is not, oh my God, I'm in too much darkness. God doesn't see darkness. He sees you where you are. Have negative, negative 35 seconds. I don't know who's going to play the piano, but if you guys can help me. I don't know if, uh, what are we going to do? Yeah, I'm going to help you. I want to tell you guys today, I don't want you guys to leave today the same. I want you guys to understand that there's a manual to your heart. And the one who holds it is God. He's the one that holds it. So what are we supposed to be doing? Getting close to God. That is because I feel like, you know, I feel like, and I feel like, and I feel like, it's okay. You can feel God will guide you. Because if we are guided by our feelings, look at the world outside. Women are men, men are women. Humans are dogs. Don't laugh at me like I'm crazy. You know it's true. They, 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 guys, they can't even say what a woman is. Like we don't know what a woman is anymore. If you go by your feelings, you end up destroying everything. That's why you, might ha you have to go by the one that knows your heart. And who is he? His name is Jesus. His name is Yahweh. His name is Shaddai. He is the one, guys. He is the one. Why don't you guys get up on your feet? This whole week, God pushed me to, to read this and tell you about this cardiognosis because he put in my heart, he says, this generation is being stolen away. This generation has been being led away 
because they think that they're alone. Because what they feel, they cannot understand. This generation has been leading the disaster of this world because they don't know the knower of the hearts. And today, I want you to know that now you know who knows your heart. Now on the day of judgment, you can't say, I don't know who knows my heart because now you know that the one who knows you, surely knows you, is not even yourself, but is Jesus himself. I know it seems like a tongue twister. He makes me, he made me feel this whole week. He said, God was telling me this whole time I was, I was reading and, you know, praying to God. He was telling me, you know, there's a lot of people that are just in darkness. They feel by themselves. They feel lonely. He's like, explain to them something simple. But explain to them that they're never alone. Never. You never have to be alone. That's what I want to tell you guys today. If you guys are tired of being lonely, if you guys are tired of being depressed, if you guys are just tired of not knowing what to feel, why don't you guys come and give it to God? Come and give your heart to God and say, God, I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to navigate. I don't know what to do, but from here on out, what I want to do is trust in you, Lord. Come up, but don't, don't come up for prayer. Don't come up for, oh, it's because I want Danny to pray. No, no, I don't, want, I, don't, I don't want to pray for you because I need to do this myself. I need you to come to the altar in a form of saying, God, I'm done. I'm tired of doing things my way. Don't be ashamed. God, I'm tired of doing things that my parents tell me to do and I don't understand. God, this world tells me things that I should do and I don't know. I don't know what to do. Can you guide my heart? Come give your heart to God. Maybe you've never even heard about Jesus. And let me tell you, not, does only, not only Jesus loves you, he created you. Who are we? Who are we to withhold our heart from its creator? so perfect that we know our own heart?
Are we God to say, oh, I know how my heart feels. I know how my heart works. It is foolish to think that we know. It is foolish to think that we know how we think, what we feel, how our heart works. Because your heart is deceitful. Your heart is evil. Your heart is deceitful. It's selfish. It's desperately sick. It's desperately ill. Who can understand it? Who can understand your sick heart? Who can understand our sick heart? Our lying heart? And the rest of the verse says, For I, the Lord, knows. For I know your heart, what you feel, what you think. How you feel about your brothers, your sisters, your mothers, your pastors, your leaders. Even when nobody's looking and you're alone, I know your motives. Do we dare to say that our heart is not ill? Do we say, do we dare to say that our heart is not deceitful? There's still time. Come and tell the Lord, Lord, I am tired of my heart. I give you my heart. Lord, explain to me the blueprints of my heart. Why do I feel what I feel? Why do I think what I think? Why does my heart tend to plan this way? Why do I struggle with my thoughts? Open your mouth and start praying. Truly and truly I say to you that love 
Tell him, Lord, whatever you don't like, take it away from me. Lord, whatever in my heart that I put, whatever thought, whatever foundation that this world has put, Lord, take it from me. Work on me and guide me. in their heart whatever it is that you don't like sin, darkness thoughts whatever holds you captive today your Lord oh God goes through your heart and tells you and sets you free and shows you that to him there's no such thing as darkness but give it up to him give up what he doesn't like because many times God wants it but he will never take it away from you if you don't want to give it you have to give it to him enough's enough too much time dealing with the same old same old same old thoughts same old problems Same old sins, same old chains. Are you not tired of going back to the same thing? I am tired. So tell him, Lord, take what you want. Take what you want. Take what you want. Because either way, my heart is yours. Either way, you are the knower of my heart. You are the seeker of my heart. Oh, oh, oh. 
Jesus, we ask you, God, all-knowing and all-powerful, to from here on out, you will guide our heart. In the name of Jesus, we ask you to please pull us back in every time we might feel like it's too much for us. Pull us back in despite that we grow weary and we don't want to continue. I ask you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, to go and find, even if they get lost, there is no such thing as darkness to you. From here on out, you know the knower of the heart. And if you serve the Lord with all your heart, He will give you according to your deeds. But if you forsake Him, 
He will set you off far. And that's what I want to tell you today. Do not forsake our Lord. This is not a one-time prayer. This is not a, a choice you make lightly. But from here on out, your heart belongs to God. From here on out, your heart is no longer yours. From here on out, God is taking control of your thoughts, your plans, your feelings. And He will guide you through them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to please deposit the seed of your reward into every heart. And I ask you, Lord, to please let us take the seed and let it grow within our hearts where it can give fruits and we may eat and you may eat edified, not only today, but forever. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I ask you to please put the seed in our hearts so we may never forget it. And we can not only be hearers of your word, but also be doers of your word. Because that is what we want. That is what we want. So guide us through it, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we receive the seed. And we say, Amen and 